It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What is up, everybody? This is uh, Cristiano Simonetta with you alongside Stars head coach Rocky Russo for Outside the Box. We're doing this a little differently, Rocky. I'm from the comfort of my own apartment, and you are in the studio at 93.7 The Ticket uh, with Ethan, producer Ethan. So, Rocky, how are you doing on this Tuesday? I'm doing great. And DP's here. He just he just got off the uh, the radio, so it's always a pleasure when uh, when he's floating around here. We should certainly we should probably bring him in and and see how he's doing. He's always got his Nebraska red on. My my guy bleeds Cornhusker red, and and I appreciate that. And I've got the Illini orange on right now because I know they're having a big game right now at Pinnacle Bank. Um, Ethan, he's over there. He's he's yapping into that mic. What's DP saying over there? Uh, hold on, I, I'm wearing the Husker colors because they're available to me. I have not been issued. Oh, 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 oh no, no, no! I will take care of that. I will okay. take care of that. Okay, that's done. That's deal. done. All deal. The, look, I'll be your poster boy. We can make all that work. But no, I appreciate the fact that deliver. you rocked in the, the Nebraska corn. Biggest, Oscar yep. That's 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 all glorious. All right, I got you. Yep. No worries. Next show, he's just going to be head to toe. Lincoln Stars hat, Lincoln Stars shirt, sweatshirt, Lincoln Stars sweatpants. DP's front of the program. Come on, he's got to be all decked out. Well, he's, act- he's acting like there's not a Lincoln Stars jersey in our closet literally five feet away from him. It, I, I'm a big dude. Does it fit? I mean, it fit me, and I was swimming in it, so I think uh, I think you could squeeze it on. I, I See, here's the thing. You, you know me. Me and jerseys get along just fine. So whatever you offer, I will wear. We got you. We got you, DP. Don't worry. Cristiano, let's, let's take care of that. All right, we definitely will. Ethan, first off, we haven't even uh, heard from you in a while because you missed you last week. How was your uh, Christmas and New Year's? Uh, it was uh, it was good. I, I missed my hometown hockey alumni tournament by a day and then got my wisdom teeth out. So as good as it can be, missing missing the tournament and then getting teeth ripped out of your head. That yeah, doesn't sound like a good trip home. Well, I got to go home for once. It's been a while since I've been in uh, the comforting confines of Montana. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cristiano, how, how are you doing there in, in your I'm, apartment tonight? I'm, I'm good. I, uh, you know, close contact uh, with someone close to me uh, tested positive, but we're all good. Everything's all good. Uh, it's very weird, Rocky. This seems just like I'm in the twilight zone, but it's the world we live in now, right? People are doing, you know, doing broadcasts from home. We saw the NHL broadcasters in the bubble. Some of them never even went. got like the college tournament uh, upcoming in March. I wonder what that's going to look like. Hopefully we're not talking about this at all for the next couple of months, especially the Stars home games coming up in two weeks. It's just weird. No, I think uh, I think we're going to be just fine, obviously. You know, it, it is what it is, and, and uh, everybody's used to living with it right now. Hopefully it's something that we can all put behind us very soon. And the show goes on. Outside the box rolls on. Is DP going to be joining us the whole show, or what's, uh, what's the deal, DP? Uh, he's he's over there in the other room. That guy, he comes and goes as he pleases. <laughs> None of that is true. <laughs> I will be here until ten thirty. I got to do the post game show after you, after you guys are done, and then I got to be back here tomorrow morning at seven o'clock. That the hardest working man in radio, right? That there. is that is a statement of truth, and we appreciate you for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to not having to work this hard. <laughs> 
we got to get this over. guy. We got to get this guy dropping a puck at, at a Stars game. I'm in. Just tell me when. I'm All right. In. We're going to make that All happen, right, too. I got a whole list of things for DP that I got to get to to Lacey and Lori about tomorrow. I'm in. I'm all in. All these receipts, DP, just wait for the million emails. We're going to expect you to, you know, come through with all of them. It's live on the radio, so I mean. Yeah, he can't back out now, but he, 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 I think if anybody wants to back out anything, it might be Ethan wanting to play goalie at practice. We'll see. <laughs> I don't want to back out of that. I was just trying to temper expectations the last time it came up. So that's, that's all that was going on. The pads are sitting in my garage for a reason. All right. We got to make that happen, too. I got a whole bunch of stuff Rocky. to do tomorrow that has nothing to do with the Lincoln Stars and everything to do with 93.7, the ticket. Well, they're going to be out at our crossover night on January 21st. We've got nine student-athletes, and then Tom Osborne will also be uh, joining us, joining you, Rocky, for a pregame interview on the Security First Bank North Zone stage. How jazzed up are you for that? I know we're going to break it down a lot more next week, the week of the game, but your initial thoughts when you heard that announcement. You know what? Obviously, that was something when, you know, when the new ownership came in with Mr. Fernandez, it was a priority to to build a relationship with uh, the the university obviously we're on campus and and we know how important it is to support them and and uh, we wanted to make sure that we showed them that uh, that we wanted to take care of of their student athletes as best we could we've had some football players at the games I believe they've been up on the digital board during the hot dog eating contest during the intermissions uh, doing some skating and everything else so really excited to have a, a legend and when when People throw the word legend around. Um, it sometimes isn't taken seriously, but Tom Osborne is a legend in in Nebraska football history and, and quite frankly, in college football history. And so uh, it's going to be my honor and privilege to get to meet him. Um, he's he's working with uh, with young kids now and, and trying to give back. And uh, the the opportunity for him to to chat with our players a little bit and and talk about some of his experience and drop the puck and and just do all the things he's going to do is going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm 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 going to be a bit of a fan that day. Um, you know he he was in his heyday when I was in high school and winning national championships and so I've got uh, an immense amount of respect for him as coach. Are there going to be a couple Ohio State jabs back and forth when you see him? It, listen, I I always I, I I love my Buckeyes, but uh, but he's got chips, man. He's got national championships, and so whenever you can when when you can hang those, and he's got the rings, man. There's nothing but respect there. And we shift our focus on to uh, this week with the Lincoln Stars: two road games, one Friday night in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, another on Saturday night in Des Moines, Iowa. Rocky, the, the team had a tough weekend last weekend, dropping in Sioux City and then at home on Saturday. After a weekend like this, we don't really talk about the Stars going through something like this because they've just had a, a great season so far despite a recent stretch here. But after a weekend where you come up with no points through two games, how do you approach that and how do you get the guys back on track for uh, what's been a good couple of days of practice for you? You know what, today we, we really talked about focusing on on what each day means and the opportunity to get better. Um, you know, I, obviously in our, in our post game interview on Friday, I talked about how well I thought we played and, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to speak with, uh, 
with some folks from the league who were more than willing to tell me that Sioux, Sioux City's first goal shouldn't have counted on on Friday night and um, you know that's two weeks and two weekends in a row we've had a, a bad call go against us in regards to a goaltender interference it led to a goal and those things happen in hockey there's nobody to blame obviously but um, it certainly gets frustrating when you end up losing a one goal game and and uh, have have one go in your net that way so I really did think we played good hockey on Friday we played the right way um, we were committed to our process our habits were good we we generated uh, scoring chances we extended our offensive possessions and then Saturday we didn't roll it back we just you know we started the game the right way and uh, for the first five or six minutes we were playing really good hockey again and I just kind of had that feeling like here we go again we're going to play the right way we're going to get our chances we're going to score some goals guys are excited to play in the box and uh, unfortunately you know we give one up on a on a uh, a turnover leads to a two-on-one and, and then they score a power play goal and and uh, we got away from what we do well that game and uh, you know the 5-2 score really isn't indicative of, of what the score was it was a one goal game we gave up two empty netters trying to get our way back into it but um, you know we need to we need to play with more consistency and that's been the message there's no panic here we're 27 games into a 62 game season if if I'm panicking I'm not doing my job it's you know anytime we lose it's an opportunity to address some mistakes we made learn from them and get better and and this situation this weekend is a perfect example of that was that first goal on Friday in Sioux City the closest you've been to that famous you know Rocky coming out of the ice moment or how close uh, do you think that goes on that meter uh, no, no, no. Um, I was, I was frustrated, but I'll be honest with you, the kind of the way some things have gone with some calls and the officiating, they've beat me down a little bit this year. And, uh, you don't get that. I don't, I don't get that reaction anymore because I'm kind of used to it. And, and I hate to say that, like, uh, it's a developmental league for the players and it's a developmental league for the officials, but, um, you know, you just expect a little bit of consistency and, and guys are going to make mistakes. There's no question about that. But those are major mistakes that impact the the, the all outcome of games. And, and that's what's frustrating there. But, uh, you know, when, when he told me that he was going to count it after emphatically waving it off, I, I was more shocked than anything because the uh, the referee that night is actually one of the guys I hold in in most high regard in the league. I think he's one of the very best referees that we have, and so um, you know I think he made a mistake to to kind of trust his his two partners in that situation. Which hey, you have to trust your team on the ice, and and uh, those guys were confident that that he had made the wrong call. He went with them, and ultimately it was incorrect. But nothing we can do about it. We need to we need to make sure that uh, we're not in a situation where we're in a one-goal game. We had opportunities to score in that game. We've got to take advantage of them. And isn't that a good response from you, though? Because if you blow up in that game that early in that situation, it could distract from your teammates. You always hear, or your uh, your players, because you always hear emotion is great and all that stuff is awesome on the bench, but you have to know that you can't just be that way 24-7 or else the guys probably won't respond to it. You need to. Uh, you really need to keep that uh, in your pocket until you need it. And... Uh, you know, it, it could go one of two ways. It can really get your bench fired up or, or it can get them to lose focus. And, and so, you know, I, I think I, I know when it's time to, uh, to pull that out and when it's time to kind of stay reserved. And, 
Um, there's been times when, when I've, I've used it to kind of get a call or, or used it to, to get the bench up and, um, but, but you can't go to that well too often or else it becomes stale. And, and that's how you coach your players too. You know, if I'm constantly yelling at them and, and at the top of my lungs, then you don't get the same response as opposed to, uh, you know, if it comes out every once in a while, it's kind of like if I just have to raise my, my, my voice slightly to my daughter. Uh, just to let her know I'm serious, <laughs> and um, you know I think the guys know too. If I raise my voice to them, I'm I'm not happy with what's going on, and it kind of snaps them back into uh, to focus. And what about assistant coach George Lewis? Has there ever been a moment where he's kind of popped off? He, he's told me that he's reserved, and, and you have a great relationship with him going back to Amarillo. But have you ever seen him kind of lose his cool on the bench? George is is the most uh, steady, reserved person that I know. Um, he's very, he's very analytical. He's very fact-based. Um, he's constantly looking at things in a much different way than I do. Emotions are not a part of, of his, uh, focus when it comes to what he's doing on the bench. And, and I think that's why he and I coach so well together because, um, you know, I can bring some emotion and some energy and, and he keeps things very level-headed and, um, there's been times when in Amarillo, it hasn't happened this year, but in Amarillo, he's like, Hey, calm down. And I'm like, Hey, shut up, get away from me. <laughs> Now's not a time for me to be calm. And, and, uh, uh, we laugh about it afterwards, obviously, but, uh, no, I think you need guys around you that, that, uh, you know, compliment you number one and, and, uh, do things really well that, that maybe are part of your shortcomings as a coach. And, uh, I certainly know I'm far from perfect. I and and there's certain things that I do well that uh, George needs to to continue to grow and build on with with his coaching resume. And and there's things that George is just absolutely excellent at that uh, you know he does a great job of making me look good a lot of times. And art too, obviously yeah. art too. I don't want to leave art out of this because although art and I don't have the same uh, long term relationship. Uh, I've had a, I've had a great experience working with art in the last five months. And he, uh, he brings a, a very different perspective. He's recently retired as a player, uh, college hockey player, USHL player, uh, goaltender. And, uh, and he's, he's done an amazing job with our goalies to this point, but he also brings a lot to the table when it comes to just coaching the team. And he also cuts highlights and video throughout the game. He offers you that perspective in the intermissions and then comes uh, onto the bench usually for the third period. How have you liked that relationship with Art? Because he has that, you know, bird's eye view next to me sometimes at the icebox, being able to break down those systems and structures in a way that maybe you and George can't see in real time when it happens. Well, we've always had the luxury of, of having the video during the intermission, but obviously it's a short time frame and so we're not going to be able to sit there and go through everything so you know I usually have one or two things that that I want to be able to discuss with the team right away or something that I want George to go look at right away uh, but Art brings that that bird's eye view where he can say hey these are the two or three things that I don't think we're doing well right now and um, I think it's it's a great ability for us to have that view from up top also have the have the video prepared for us right away so you know we can go back and we can look at the opponent power play right away in in the intermission and make some adjustments same thing with our own video and then art can be like hey this is this is what they're doing this is how they're 
breaking our forecheck or this is where we can exploit them a little bit and then he'll pop some video up on the TV. We can take a peek at it and we can make some adjustments quick. So um, obviously we're making adjustments throughout the, the course of a period, but those major changes are happening during intermission and we have video to coincide with it and obviously art's perspective, which is really, really valuable to us. And you come up against a Sioux Falls team you just saw last Saturday. Are you sick of seeing the stampede? Uh, I think it's the sixth or seventh meeting you'll have with them on Friday at Denny Sanford Premier Center. Nah, we, I, I coached in the North American League for 12 years where you play everybody 12 or 16 times a year. So um, we play them we play them next or this weekend and then one more time and we're done with them for the year. So um I'm looking forward to beating them on Friday. I will tell you that I've got a chip on my shoulder because uh, we we pounded them on that that Friday before Christmas and then kind of mailed it in on Saturday. I think the guys were already looking forward to Santa Claus coming to their hometowns and and then uh, you know Saturday this past weekend we just we didn't have a great effort and and uh, you know I certainly respect their team and and what they're capable of, but. Uh, you know, it's on us to focus on we do what we do well, and we talked about that in the press conference today. It's it's less about our opponent and more about us at this time of year and, and what we can do to continue to get better. You're listening to Outside the Box. Call us, text us, 402-464-5685. We're still waiting for that first call, Rocky. I don't know if we need to get your wife to call in and ask a couple of questions <laughs> to make it a whole segment, but we need someone. Someone, because I know we got listeners. They have people texting us. Uh, we're giving away four packs every week. We'll give you that trivia question in just a couple minutes. But yeah, we're dying to hear from someone, aren't we? We'd love to have somebody call in. I, I, uh, when I did radio in Amarillo, we got a lot of, a lot of fans calling in and talking and asking questions. And and uh, what I loved about that, it was a different perspective. It kind of changed the course of our our conversation at times and, and open it up to some different topics that uh, maybe we weren't focused on at the time, but uh, veered us right off into something new. And um, I love that because it was, uh, it was off the cuff. And, you know, I think we were really preparing for this thing for the first couple of weeks. And, and now it's a little bit different. We're much more comfortable with each other on, on air here. And we can kind of just let the conversation flow and, um, that's what I enjoy about doing a, a, a program like this is, uh, you know, we can talk about, uh, hockey, obviously that's our focus, but, uh, I'm sure we're going to get to, to the Georgia Alabama game a little bit yeah. at some point tonight. I'm sure we're going to get to, uh, um, a number of other things. And, and I really, uh, I enjoy that part of it. Just no basketball. Never again. College basketball, sure. I mean, it's <laughs> just so everybody knows, we're we're just about at the first half of this uh, Nebraska men's basketball game against your Illini, thirty three or thirty four, thirty one. Now Nebraska just made a uh, a free throw heading into halftime, three point lead for the Cornhuskers. Not good enough. I think the line was 11 and a half or 12 and a half. So the line, I got to pump those numbers up. And speaking of that college football national championship, did you have a dog in the fight being a Buckeyes fan, Nick Saban going up against, you know, the Bulldogs. What was that like for you? Did you watch the game? Where'd you watch it? At? I watched the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm a college football fan. So I watched the game. Um, I have a, I have a, an immense amount of respect for what Nick Saban has done at Alabama and do I feel like he plays with a, a loaded deck every year? Yes. Do I feel like they have managed to, you know, college football has become 
slightly corrupt in the sense that the best are the best and then there's the rest and it's really really hard Cincinnati got in there this year but they they really probably shouldn't have been as good as they were um you know what what you're looking at is four five six teams that compete for a championship every year and then everybody else and um I read an article last night about how the the representative from the SEC was the one pushing for the playoff expansion and the ACC is the one that is shutting it down and and I couldn't believe that because outside of the run that Clemson had like the ACC does not perennially have a a team that year in and year out is competing for a national championship and and so and that goes back to the BCS days too quite frankly you had a run with Florida State there with Jimbo Fisher for a while but nothing consistent like the SEC has had or or even the Big 10 and so what I watched last night was a team rise up with an unbelievable defense and a front seven and a and a bit of a Cinderella story with a quarterback there in in Georgia and find a way to 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 slay the Goliath and and uh, I think it's cool to see somebody else win um, from a purely Buckeye standpoint like you know if if Alabama wins then it's just okay Alabama won another year and. There's not another fan base yapping about how good they are. Uh, but Georgia now is going to be in that conversation talking about how they're, they're elite, you know, just like LSU did, and, and they won a championship a couple years ago and fell off. I It'll be really interesting to see if Georgia can maintain it. And Kirby Smart's done a good job there, but they've never been able to get over the hump. They got over the hump this year. LSU did that a couple years ago with Joe Burrow. Are they able to roll it back again for three, four, five, six years? And then, and then you know, the bigger picture is Dabo Sweeney and Clemson able to get his group back and, and become uh, one of those perennial contenders. Does somebody else hop up? Is that team up north able to, to do it again next year? Or does Jim Harbaugh leave for a job in the NFL? Like, there's so many cool stories about college football and – I would love to see an expanded playoff because it would have been really cool to see to see Ohio State Utah in a game that that truly truly mattered. The Rose Bowl used to matter and it did matter. It was great, but if it really mattered, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson would have been playing and and you know, they're missing some big guns out of that game. And if they're still in the mix for a national championship, those guys are playing. And I think that's what makes the the playoff expansion such an intriguing thing for everybody and and uh keeps the best players on the field longer which is what we as college football fans want to see one last question before break rocky what's that perfect number then of teams do you think for that expansion you know what they're talking about 12 um if you're doing 12 with buys you know in the top four get a buy then um i think that would be cool um i if not and it's and it's eight, I'd be okay with that. But 12 with four buys probably makes the most sense. It's hard to add three games to this, right? Like, um, now when you look at it, they're playing a semifinal, essentially, and then a final. So if you went eight, four, two, it would be one additional game, which which wouldn't be too bad. Uh, we as college football fans would love that. Like, give me more football. Um, and let's be honest, we talk about the education side of this. But we only talk about it when it's convenient, right? And and I think that's funny. You have fans that talk about how the the 
student athletes should be paid and this and that. And then when it comes time to talk about an extra game, it's, oh, well, it's taxing on their bodies and it's taking them away from the, from the classroom and this and that and everything else. Well, I think they need to make up their mind. Like is one more, one more game and two more weeks really, really going to make a difference when it comes to what these kids are doing in the classroom when they have all of the resources that they have as big time student athletes at elite universities. We'll be back with more Outside the Box after this on 93.7 The Ticket. Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. And we are back with Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside by Stars head coach Rocky Russo. Two guests for us this week, Rocky. It's Doug Grimes and Patrick Raftery. Dougie, even the name that I see, because I'm uh, calling today's show from uh, the comfort of my apartment, even says Dougie Grimes. So, Doug, do we have to, you know, change your name on the USHL site to Dougie, or what's going on? Oh, I'm, I'm called multiple names all around. My family calls me Douglas. Childhood friends call me Doug, and then kind of in the hockey world, it's mostly been Dougie. So I don't, I don't really know what to call myself when I meet people. Often, I will now be calling you Douglas, <laughs> much like I call Mastro Michael, just because it frustrates him, and he just wants to be called Mastro, and so I always call him Michael. So you are officially well, I sh- Douglas. I shouldn't have let that one go. Patrick and Douglas joining us here tonight, Cristiano. <laughs> Yes, and what team did Douglas Grimes score his first USHL goal against? That is this week's trivia question. Text us, call us with the answer, 402-464-5685. What team did Doug Grimes score his first USHL goal against? The winner will receive a four-pack of tickets to cross overnight on Friday, January 21st as the Stars take on Waterloo. Douglas, as it's now properly changed on the uh, the stream here, and Patrick, how are you guys doing? Thanks for joining the show. Great, thanks for yeah, having doing us. Doing well, thank you. Rocky, you have the pleasure of being in the studio with these guys. You've coached these guys, Patrick, all season long. Dougie coming in here uh, over the last couple of weeks. What's it been like uh, coaching the seventeen year old and Rap and Dougie, who's uh, been around a little bit in the USHL? Well, obviously, I've got a, a bigger sample size here with uh, with Raf, and you know he's a guy that uh, um, came into camp, and and uh, I knew of him as a player, but uh, wasn't really sure where where or if he fit in with our group this year, and and uh, you know he made a he made quite an impression on me during during main camp. And, uh, you know, the more we, the more we watched him, the more I liked his game and, and felt like he was going to be able to contribute to us this year. And, and he's done that, you know, he's, uh, he's continuing to grow as a player. Uh, whenever you're, you're first getting your feet wet in the USHL, it takes time to, uh, to get comfortable. And that 20 to 30 game mark is when you see guys start to, uh, to turn the corner and, and we're seeing that with Raf. he's playing with more intent, he's playing uh, confident. He's making more plays. Um, you know, he's doing a little bit more than just getting out there, chipping it in and chipping it out, and trying to make sure that he that he stays off the score sheet. Because when you're a young guy playing playing in the bottom six, you want to make sure that you don't mess up. And uh, and now there's a whole different level of confidence with him, and and he's been able to uh, to contribute. He's made some really nice plays. He's generated some offense for us and and I think he's just scratching the surface of what he's capable of and 
And then Douglas over there, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, was uh, was on on the uh, the USHL list for the the Lincoln Stars last year, yeah. according to Billy uh, Puglisi in regards to the uh, dispersal draft when Cedar Rapids was unable to play and um, they weren't able to get their hands on him. He ended up in in Sioux City and and then back to Cedar Rapids this year. And so when when he became available the uh the chance to grab him and and add uh not just a big body but a good skater for for his size with good hockey IQ and and uh, a big time compete level he scored a ton in in prep school and so looking forward for him to to get some consistency to his game and these two guys were two of the catalysts for our success on Saturday night yeah they had a great a great night on Saturday Doug picked up two assists his first points uh as a member of the Lincoln stars. And that's been kind of the theme, right guys? Uh, when you start to play in the ice box, Doug, you've played as a member of the visiting team. And now finally as a member of the home side, that rink, it just fueled off of, you know, four check cycling. You guys had everything going on Saturday night. Uh, I'll start with Raft. How did you feel in that game? Uh, you guys didn't get the result you wanted after 60 minutes, but you guys along with Keaton Peters and Max Scott also jumping on that line certainly made an impression. Yeah, I know. I felt good out there with them. I feel like we trust each other that whole game, and we got the work down low, and we created chances, and I felt good out there with them, and it was a good game for us, but unfortunately, we didn't get the result we wanted, and that's what matters at the end of the day, so. And then, Dougie, same to you. I mean, I just mentioned you. You've been in this building when, uh, I believe you were at the game when uh, Gleb Baremiev's took a couple runs at, at your buddy Nikita oh, yeah. Krivokrasov. <laughs> oh, yeah. In Sioux City, what a fight at center ice that was. You heard the crowd on our side at the time. Now it's your side when you get those uh, two big assists. Uh, how was that like uh, hearing the crowd chanting and cheering for you guys at that point? Yeah, I mean, last year it definitely wasn't a wasn't a cheer I wanted to hear. But, uh, I mean, yeah, now now this year being here, it's awesome. I mean, if anything, you're just a little jealous when you're in the, when you're in the rink as a visitor that this, this rink gets so loud. And being out there for the first goal of the game there, and it was just – it, the, the arena erupted and it was it was awesome i mean just kind of gets you gets you going gets you excited and makes you want to want to keep that going and so i mean it was awesome and you guys live together off the ice what's that been like we had carter shade and cameron whitehead on last week and i asked them to you know say something they didn't really like about each other something you know it like gets underneath uh, the other skin but they were the perfect housemates and roommates uh i know it's only been a couple weeks here but how have you guys liked uh, living together with the Bansets? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's nice having someone else at the house with me. So um, we do we have a lot of fun together. We play games together. We watch games together, like NFL games, NBA games, NHL games. So we're constantly together having fun, talking, getting to know each other more. So it's been a fun couple weeks. Cristiano, did I just hear these guys are watching NBA games? Okay, got to <laughs> kick them off the show. Guys, it was great having you. Get out of here. <laughs> Coach Russo what, doesn't care for the mostly, NBA. It's mostly NHL, don't worry. It's mostly NHL, yeah. <laughs> and you guys play NHL, and Raf found out the hard way what oh. it's like when playing against me. You knew this yeah, was going to come was... up. Um, but uh, who's the better video game player out of the both of you guys? Uh, me by far. I have his name in NHL. <laughs> no, I have, I, have his, I, have his, I have his number in Madden. It's, it's not Actually, even a competition right, right anywhere Right before we out came here. here, though, I beat him in a Madden yeah, game. Yeah, first time so in a couple I don't know if that weeks. still stands. <laughs> I love, I love that. I miss the days of of uh, playing Madden and NHL. Are you guys playing Tiger Woods too? 
Is that still oh, yeah. a thing? That game gets kind of boring pretty quickly. Oh no, I really? live for I live for Tiger Woods when I was in college. Well, we have the we have the, like a new game. It's maybe like a PGA game, and it's yeah. After know, t- you just Tiger had flick, his little run in. You yeah, kind of flick the you, you flick the stick back and flick it forward, and then it shoots, and that's kind of it. Like there's not, not much. Oh, not much excitement to it. Elite early, early to mid two thousands Tiger Woods. On oh, the yeah. uh, Xbox was was like nothing else. I, my roommate and I spent hours playing Tiger Woods and loved every second of it. <laughs> the Nintendo Wii version was my favorite because that actually you had to have some yeah. skill. That with one your was good. Swing there. Yeah. But yeah, just flicking up a button. Uh, they made it made it a little too easy these days. But uh, yeah, Rocky, going back to those days, were you a big video game guy? What was your favorite one to play? No, I wasn't a big video game guy. I mean, I go all the way back to Atari guys. So <laughs> um, I I'm a little bit different than you guys. But uh, you know, we were literally playing Super Nintendo when I started in uh, in college, and and by the end, it was a PlayStation and. Uh, and a PlayStation 2, and then an Xbox, an Xbox 360, um, and it was it was the sports games. It was Madden, um, for sure. It was NHL. It was Tiger Woods. It was FIFA. Um, like those were the those were the games that we got into when uh, when I was a kid. Just never NBA. No, no, no. I will say, I will say, like NBA Jam was the bomb back then. Oh yeah. Um, but that was also the generation of the NBA that I liked, right? So I was all about playing, uh, playing uh, NBA basketball video games back then, and I, I probably wouldn't be very interested in it now. What uh, team are you guys rooting for on Monday in the national championship? Now? I wanted Georgia. Yeah, I was cheering for Georgia. Is that just because you were going for the underdog? Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, I, Alabama's won too many times, and I've, I don't know, they always have, I mean, not that Georgia doesn't have the best players, but Alabama always has the top, top dogs, and it's, I don't know, it's always, they always win. Always more fun cheering for the underdog. Tell tell us a little bit about your, uh, obviously, your hockey players. How about your NHL affiliation? What uh, what teams are you, are you rooting for? Oh, Bruins, by far. Bruins, uh, 100%. I'm a Bruins and Avs fan. Like, how like, how do you have two? How do you how do you, how do you even do that? Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> yeah what? <laughs> I'm born in Colorado, so Avs fan. But my whole family's from Boston. We go to Boston every year. I love Boston. All right, so. okay. I think you got to pick one. Gotta pick the, I, I pick you know Bruins. what? I'll give him I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because of that. Um, I'm a Penguins fan, so I I don't. I can't, in good conscience, root for the Bruins, obviously. Um, but I have some respect for some of the guys that go and yeah. have gone through the Bruins organization. Um, the Avalanche deal, like, you know, when I was younger, watching the Avalanche-Red Wings rivalry was unbelievable, right? And those guys just used to beat the crap out of each other. Plus it was unbelievable hockey on top of it. So those games were just so fun to watch. And, and now you're kind of getting a reincarnation of, of the Avs. They haven't been able to kind of get over the hump yet, but the talent that they have there is pretty special. Cal McCarr is arguably the best defenseman in the world offensively right now. And, and so, um, it's really fun to watch that young group play there. I I'm, I'm interested to see if, if they're able to take the next step, similar to the conversation we had 
a week or two ago about the Edmonton Oilers, right? Cristiano and, and whether, you know, we feel that group, that group can take the next step and actually be effective in the playoffs and make a run at a Stanley Cup. I'd love to see whether the Avs can really do it or not because they've come into the, the last two seasons as like favorite, right? Yeah. And um, have have not been able to uh, to really get it going. And obviously one was that bubble season or whatever you want to call it there. And then, um, you know, last year was still affected by COVID. Here we are again, year three, still affected by COVID. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they get going in the playoffs. Well, just to mention the the Edmonton Oilers, uh, rumblings throughout the league today is that Evander Kane is joining that team. Yeah, that's a perfect way to destroy your organization. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, come on, man, come on! Like, you got a great young group there. You got some some probably some pretty good young leaders, and you know, Evander Kane's a, a good hockey player, and uh, you know, I don't want to sit here as an outsider and and judge him, but. You know, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and, and it's got webbed feet, it it's probably a bad teammate. And so, you know, I would probably keep that guy as far away from my locker room as I possibly could. And similar to like, not, you know, exactly similar, but the Antonio Brown situation, it's like the same thing. And he goes on, uh, you know, a podcast and then bad mouths Tom Brady. And he's talking about how Gronk got more money than him. That stuff you just can't have in uh, any sport to break that type of team chemistry. And uh, that'll be interesting to see. Antonio Brown cannot help himself. And, and (laughs) he played the victim there after that, that debacle of a display uh, in, in the game last week. And, you know, you're kind of like the boy that cried wolf. Like everybody on social media was like, Oh, if this is true, if this is true, well, I don't believe it for a second. I just don't like, I think Bruce Arians, like he had a relationship with him, right? Going back to his time in Pittsburgh and Mm -hmm. Tom Brady stood up for him, brought him in there. Those guys treated him with respect. And, and for him to do that, it just shows the type of character that he has. And, I think the 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 Bucks are better off without him, and they're they're a Super Bowl contender. And the last thing you need is a guy that's going to be a big distraction come the playoffs. And speaking of Tom Brady, Dougie, a thirty-four minute drive from your hometown to <laughs> Gillette Stadium. So, are you a New England Patriots fan? Definitely, definitely. There it's we been, go. It's been we a got tougher, two on the show right now. Tough, myself, tougher go the past two years, but uh, Mac Jones has looked pretty good. I think I think with some. With some experience, I think he could be a pretty good QB down the road. But, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a fun couple of years. Some of those those Super Bowls were insane. And it's just fun, I mean, to be behind a team that's so successful like that. Obviously, we don't have many many people out, especially this way, that, that like us. But we'll keep, we'll keep going. <laughs> well, it's that underdog mentality you just talked about. Everybody wants to root against the powerhouse, against oh, yeah. the dynasty. So when the Patriots fell against the Titans in the divisional round, uh, Brady's last game. And now we see them up against the Bills next week in Buffalo. It's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, but that'll take us to break. We'll be back with more. Dougie, Patrick, and Rocky, this is Outside the Box. We'll see you in a bit. Back to Outside the Box with Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. And we are back outside the box. It is January 11th. 
Conference. Giannis Samata joined alongside Stars head coach Rocky Russo, Stars forwards Doug Grimes and Patrick Raftery. And we have a winner for the trivia question of the week. Who was the team that Doug scored his first USHL goal against? Raf, do you have a guess here? Did you guys talk about it uh, during the break, maybe? What, oh, uh, I have no idea. It's got to be a West team. There you go. Look at, that, look at those instincts. Was it Tri-City? No. Rocky, any guesses? I I will guess Fargo. I think that's right. You don't even know? That is I'm pretty correct. sure. Yeah, I know that. I, I did not correct. know that, by the way. That was a that was an absolute guess. That was so, good. Rocky, you have just won four tickets. <laughs> the real winner is 402-310. I'm not going to reveal the last couple of numbers. We need a name here that just texted in. No name given. I'm going to shoot you a text tomorrow from my uh, cell number. You're going to need to give us uh, your name and some information so we can get you that four-pack to January 21st crossover night against Waterloo. And that's going to be an unbelievable night, by the way, that crossover night with all the, uh, what do we have, nine or ten Nebraska athletes joining us and and Tom Osborne. Like, I'm I'm just so excited about that. Our fans are going to have an unbelievable time. So winning a four-pack to a game like that is uh, is a great uh, great gift for uh, for whoever it was that texted in. So, Make sure you find who it was. I'd, I'd love to be able to meet them, too, and hopefully they enjoy that game. Yeah, some football players, some baseball players. Uh, you know, bowling is so huge here in this city. A couple national champions will be coming to that game. You guys any good at bowling? We're going to shoot a video this week uh, where we're going to need to call on some guys. Cameron Whitehead is a, is a guy who's I was going to say, Whitey says he's the real deal on the bowling alley. There's no way. I hadn't uh, bowled in, like, I don't know, six years. We used to go around Christmas time. So when I was home, I went first round was brutal, like gutter every other shot. Then I found my then I found my rhythm, found my stroke, and I wasn't bad. I think I shot one twenty five or something. So so that no, was, you're not good. So um, yeah, yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> so found, I found just some rhythm though, Cristiano. Let's let's make sure and make note of the fact that Raf just said there's no way that Whitey's a good bowler. I just don't see it. I don't know. I I think he's he's a I guy who can get either. dialed in across I don't see a lot. That. Of Whitey was like adamant about getting on the lanes with with the Nebraska bowlers. So I don't think you do that unless you know that you can at least hang a little bit. So I'm in interested and excited to see what Whitey's capable of. Guys, is there a second sport, maybe not bowling, that you'd say, you know what, uh, I, I think I can maybe have played this uh, at a higher level, or just you know, I you think you're good at it and pick up and stuff like that. I played baseball. Yeah, I played till I was too. like 13, and then I had to stop because of hockey. But I mean, I I wasn't that good, but it was fun. Maybe I would have been a late groomer in that sport, but I had <laughs> late fun. Groomer. So interesting to me how how sports have changed. And uh, when I was a kid, you know, I played baseball all summer. I played football, basketball, hockey in the winter. Um, I played soccer for a number of years. Like it was, we just when hockey season was over, I threw my bag in the in the garage and I went and I played baseball, like really ultra high competitive all summer long and into the fall and um now in the last 
probably close to the last 10 years, I bet, maybe eight years in my experience, my my athletes have been specialized from the time that they were in their early teens. Very, very few of them played multiple sports. And um, it's an interesting concept because either you're an athlete or you're a hockey player. And and there's pros and cons to both of it. And, and some of these guys were able to spend – year round really focusing on on their game but does that change your ability when it comes to being a well-rounded athlete does it matter does it not uh it's definitely a a curious thing that that i've noticed has become uh pretty more regular lately and hockey is that sport that demands not only a lot uh you know physically and stuff like that but the amount of hours and the amount of uh traveling uh, my mom didn't want to do it because, you know, I was the youngest of three boys and we played, you know, like you said, we played baseball, we played basketball, we played football, all that sort of stuff. I played lacrosse and golf in high school along with baseball. So um, I, for you guys, Patrick and Doug, was there a road trip that stood out when you were younger and you were like, wow, I'm really I'm really playing hockey uh, with all my friends at this really cool spot? I would say Quebec Pee Wee tournament probably. That was kind of the, Not a big deal. That was kind of the eye opener for me. Like, because – that was the first exposure I had the billets, and that that was kind of when I found out about junior hockey and that you billet with another family, and that was kind of when I started to decide that that's what I wanted to do. So that was kind of the changer of my career, I feel like, looking back on it. Mm, I'd say I never went on any crazy, any of those crazy tournaments like Patrick went to, but uh, I'd say when, I went to Chicago one time with my team a couple years in a row, and I always look forward to that one. And then Buffalo too. Buffalo was fun. There was a big tournament, outdoor rink, bunch of like a, tons of teams exchanging pins and all that, all that crazy stuff. And I was probably twelve at the time, so that was pretty fun for me. And that I don't know, kind of, I guess it brought the teams together, trading pins and all that. So that was fun to be a part of. But Rocky, what about you? Was there a favorite, even as a player and a coach? Is, is there something that's really uh, you know shocked you uh, because hockey has just brought you to this crazy place or crazy uh, event? No, I mean, I've, you know, now as a coach, I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of been fortunate enough to do a lot of pretty cool things. Um, you know, I, nine, 10 Robertson cup tournaments, whatever it was in the, the North American hockey league. Um, but the, the best experience, the, the most interesting thing I ever was a part of was the, uh, world junior cup in Sochi in 2019, and uh, I went as the associate coach with uh, with the U.S. team, and uh, it was a team of North American League players. But uh, we played, you know, you played Red Bull and and uh, played a team from Finland, and and uh, you know, A two Raddies in the tournament. He's a twentieth pick overall in in last year's draft. Um, the locomotive team from Russia was unbelievable um I was about a foot and a half away from Vladimir Putin um as he walked down the hallway (laughs) well well, Scott Langer and I were downstairs it's it's ironic because Scott and I were the the two coaches on that team and now Scott's the head coach in Fargo and and I'm the head coach here in Lincoln and so we're um we've become pretty good friends since that tournament and and uh and now we're coaching against each other again in uh in the the ushl so that tournament was an incredible experience black sea Sochi, being able to see so many different things just just awesome 
And the guys will get set to go to Dallas, Texas in a couple of weeks, which should be a fun trip for the Frosty Cup. Doug, Patrick, thank you so much for joining the show this week. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. Rocky, thanks as always. Of course. And just so you know, guys, when we get down to Dallas, we're going to play in the rink in Frisco. That happens to be the rink that I won the 2013 Robertson Cup National Tournament in. So I've got some good nice. memories from nice. that. There we go. There we go. Maybe some transplants from Amarillo will make that trip, too. All right, that'll do it for us this week, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. You are listening to Outside the Box on 93.7 The Ticket.